A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. It's iFixit's 20th anniversary this year, and to celebrate, they're offering you $20 off of a purchase of $100 or more with the promo code MERCURY20 until the end of this January. Happy fixin'! Mercury, Mercury Stardust She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night Mercury, Mercury Stardust She'll teach you how to make it all alright Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury and I'm the trans handy ma'am My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in the DIY space Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for coming to this episode of the Handyman Hotline. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Maggie Conrad. Hey, everyone. Woo, woo. Maggie, the fans got on a train to tell you how much they love you now. Is that what that was? Yeah, it's the I love Maggie locomotive now. Maggie, they're just upgrading every week. They're just getting more and more. Thank you. Rambunctious. Uh, Maggie, how are you doing today? Uh, I am good. Excited for all the fun things happening in the new year for us. Yes. And by the time they're listening to this, is definitely still the new year. Uh, I'm doing good too. Um, I got done redoing my office space and painting it black. It looks and, so good. And putting UFO lights and all the cloud stuff in there. Yeah. You know, I will say that just recently, one of our very good friends and a supporter of the Handy Ma'am, um, a wonderful friend, Lumi, is going through something or other. I don't know if I told you about this before, Maggie, mm. but Lumi, our wonderful friend, is um, going through some stuff because at their apartment just recently, they had a burst pipe in their sprinkler oh, system. Oh, no. And they got home on Christmas Day. Oh, no. And there was damage everywhere. Not only yeah. in their apartment, but three apartments, too, down below below them. Wow. And it turns out that the installation for the sprinkler system must have blown back during a high winds we were having on yeah. Christmas Day. And that insulation peeled it back far enough for it to expose the pipe to oh. the brutal air and freezed it and then burst it. Now, that shouldn't happen. There's definitely something there. The buildings, got, the, the people who are working on that definitely need to do an investigation mm-hmm. about how that actually worked and et cetera. It shouldn't work that way, but it, it happened. Yeah. And now they're kind of displaced and we're trying to figure that all out. Um, but boy, oh boy, what a way to ring in the new year. That's yeah. an awful oh thing to happen. That is kind of a renter's nightmare. Now, yeah. I brought it up because I wanted to say beginning of the episode right away, if you don't have renter's insurance, yep. I really need you to to be aware this is not... It's not... I know it always feels like we're nickel and diming you when we're talking about renter stuff, right? I'm telling you, right now, it's a huge difference. If you didn't have renter's insurance... It's worth the, the you, money. You want renters, uh, renter's insurance for Lumi or for other people in this situation would actually pay for you to get another place. Yep. It could pay for you staying at a hotel while the repairs mm-hmm. are happening. It could pay for any of the damages. Any damage or your damaged yeah, items. If you have receipts and, like, for instance, if you have furniture that was damaged, mm-hmm. a TV that was damaged... You know, clothing, 
all of that could be replaced through your renter's insurance. Yeah. And no one in their right mind, professional or not, could have predicted what happened to Lumi yeah. on Christmas Day. And it's already stressful, right, mm-hmm. um, when it happens. It's even more stressful when it happens right at the end of the year, the start of your new year, around the holidays when you can't get a hold of contractors. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't get a hold of anybody. The little contractors said they were four days away from being able to even address the issues. Oh my They'll do the best they can, but they're like, we don't really have the time to do this right now. We're already backed up in four other emergencies. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's the thing, you know? Like, the contractors want to help too, but it's it's a really busy market right now. And everybody I know in the industry is just swamped. And that includes uh, emergency maintenance personnel. Yeah. They're also swamped it's a lot of work and renters insurance will help to take care of you and protect you a little bit so if you don't have renters insurance please please work into it and it isn't as much money as um being displaced for a long period of time could be i think mine was like 25 dollars a month yeah yeah ours right now right is 15 to 20 bucks a month is really not that much you can pay a whole year at a time Mm -hmm. it's like 180 200 a year and boy, that sure can save you a whole yep. headache down the road. And the thing is, the property management company turned around and said, um, okay, we can put you up in a hotel, but who's going to pay for it? Our insurance or your insurance? Oh. Right? And, you know, they're trying to do what's right by them, too. And I'm not going to, I'm always after the landlords and property management companies. I will say in this specific one, I will tell you that it's pretty tragic on everyone, mostly the the person who's living there. But I got to tell you, their budget is fucked for oh, the man. rest of this quarter, yeah. not in the next one. If they have any renovations they want to do, if they have anyone people they want to upgrade and help, mm-hmm. I think it, it puts them in a terrible situation. And I hope whatever company does their fire checks or anything, I hope that they get some money out of that and some settlement because this is awful. Yeah. It's terrible for the tenant. Um, and it's not great for the property management companies too because now – their urge to try to raise rent is going to be way higher now, too. Oh, that's awful. And that's the thing. Like, Keep in mind, it always never flows, you know? Mm-hmm. But I will say they should absolutely be the ones paying for this. They should absolutely be the ones that support Lumi. Mm-hmm. And they should make sure Lumi isn't displaced is how I feel about it. But, you know, I, it's not difficult. It's not an easy situation for anybody. So yeah. I don't want to get too finger-pointing about it. But anyways, that uh, happened. And now let's answer some cues and try to help people we can help right now. What do you think, Maggie? Sounds great. Yeah. Hi, Mercury. My name is Effie. My pronouns are she, they. Um, I recently moved into my first apartment, and I'm allowed to put holes in the walls, which is very exciting. However, I live in a very, very, very old mansion um, that was divided up into apartments. And I was wondering, I'm having trouble drilling nails into the wall and having it not just turn into paper. Um, I don't know if wall anchors would help or not, but I just noticed any time I'm trying to drill into the walls, it just comes out as dust and nothing really sticks in the wall. So just let me know if there's anything I can do about that. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, this is a great one because this Mm -hmm. goes right into the stuff I was just talking about with our sound engineer. Just a little bit ago. So that dust is what is actually plaster. That's really old plasters. Mm-hmm. It could even be horse hair plaster. So we don't really know for sure, right? But that plaster is really old. And plaster and drywall are kind of like cousins. 
drywall is plaster, but with cardboard on either side of it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay? And plaster is a whole different thing, right? They're not necessarily the same. They use different components, especially if they come from different, you know, centuries. <laughs> um, but they're essentially the same thing. The same basic components of, are, are there, right? That plaster has nothing to keep it from falling apart, right? Your drywall will also crumble inside of the cardboard, right? Mm. So what's happening is that that exposed surface to the the air here is just crumbling. That's just plaster yeah. falling off, right? Yeah. How you can prevent that is by doing one of my favorite tricks, and that is by taking painter's tape, putting it on there, and then putting the screw through the painter's tape, and then removing the painter's tape. That will act as a way to keep it in there, to keep it in place as you're doing the work and to help prevent dust and crumbling from the plaster itself. so kind of acting like a barrier for the plaster so that it doesn't blow back, I guess, or become... Yes. Yeah. You know, is it one for one? Is it always going to work? No. But Mm -hmm. is it going to work a lot of the times? Yes. How do you solve that entirely? I mean, honestly, this is more like on the landlord than it is you. Mm -hmm. This is going to have to be like a drywall replacement at some point, you know, um, when it gets old enough. But a lot of times people see that plaster in those. If you're calling it a mansion, they're probably like looking at this as like, like this is an old, old, old home. That they want to try to keep as much of that, you know, feel attached. Yeah. yeah. And I understand the sentiment, but you, you, you know, <laughs> you know, that's only going to be possible for another 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. You know, like you, you got to get to a point where, yeah, we can try to maintain it, but we're going to need to upgrade it. And upgrading it to look like it's old is a possibility, but also very expensive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that that would be the hot take. That's my really quick and easy way is put tape, tape on there and then pound the nail through or do the screw. You can use some drywall anchors for your plaster, but there are going to be specific ones, right? You're going to have the EZ anchor. That's in the letter E and the letter Z anchor is designed to be a wall anchor, not just a drywall anchor. So you can use that for plaster and you can use it for your drywall. It is what I would recommend if you're using any sort of anchor in your wall in plaster because it's two different components. One acts as a little drill that you just take with your, you can just hand drill it, hand Mm -hmm. screw it in with a Phillips screwdriver and it screws right into the wall. And then the screw is separate from that. And then you put it through whatever you're trying to hang and then you put it through the, the component you just put into the wall. And then it operates as two separate components that are working together. And it's nice and tight and it has enough teeth to it that's going to hold it on that plaster well. And then the next one, if you're hanging anything heavy on plaster wall, I highly recommend a toggle bolt wall anchor. Mm -hmm. I always talk about it. It is the one wall anchor that I recommend in almost all circumstances because it has two different components as well. A bolt and then what I call the alligator mouth. And think of the alligator mouth like... The back of it is the tail, and the front of it is the mouth of the alligator. Mm -hmm. You want to close the mouth of the alligator, put the tail in first, and then once it's through the the wall, it will spring open, and that mouth of the alligator is going to spring open and then bite into the wall, and that mouth is going to stay in there, and then you can hold stuff in there much stronger. If you're really having an issue with hanging things on a wall, then that is a way to go. 
Um, and then I would also say that when you're trying to remove that later on, you just let that metal alligator mouth drop to the floor mm-hmm. inside the wall, and it's not a big deal. I will say, now that I'm talking about this, it's a little odd that the landlord is like, yeah, no, drill right into that wall that's falling apart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I am happy that they're letting you do that because I think your home should be, I think you should go the route of, I'd rather you hang something on the wall with a nail and a screw than with a command strip on that plaster yeah. wall. And this is why I'm so against command strips and anything sticky. Uh, I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I think that it could cause a way bigger nightmare for people than than not. So, yeah, one for one. I answer a question. Hi there. My name is Joe. Uh, I'm in Wisconsin, which is currently super, super cold right now. And I have a question basically about how to help my house be warmer. Um, I feel like I run my heat um, out of my, like, uh, you know, the sensor, like, 15 degrees higher than the actual degree of what the house is right now. Um, I've looked at the circuits. I've tried to troubleshoot on the Internet to see if there's anything about my specific heating system. And it really looks like the only time I can get the heat to really blast is if I unplug my controller unit and plug it back in. Um, I'm just wondering if you had any tips about how to troubleshoot heating systems when you don't own your own home and how to make my house warmer, I guess. Um, And I use he, him pronouns. Thank you so much. Well, this is a good one. Um, (laughs) There's not going to be a great hack here, right? I think the first thing you want to do is make sure that the filter for whatever heating system you use is clean, right? Make sure it's a good um, one that's clean and, and, and not full of stuff. If it has to work harder to produce that air, that could be very well what's doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's usually located wherever um, the unit itself is, like the base of the unit. It should be somewhere around there. Um, now, as far as, like, if you're a renter, what you, should you do and what you can do? Honestly, don't flip and touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't touch any of that stuff other than the filter. Don't mess with it. Just leave it alone. This is a landlord situation. They should take care of it. Now, but if you don't know those things and you still can't figure it out, I'm going to take a different route here. I'm not going to talk about how to necessarily fix that problem, but I'm going to talk about how to mitigate it, right? Um, The first thing I will say, if you're getting any type of air uh, heat from it at all, right, and you're getting, and you're like definitely like a a difference, like you could be also losing a lot of hair too. Uh, He talked a lot about the air itself not blowing, Mm -hmm. and that... To me, definitely something wrong with the system, but there's still a heat coming, and he's 15 is a lot of degrees. Yeah. And I think you're losing a lot of that heat too in different components in your house. So I think you should make sure all your windows uh, are blocked off with some type of um, window fill, um, a window film rather. I think that the wall should be covered in, in blankets. Um, I think you should really talk about insulating what you can, right? I think you should add a door sweep and that stuff underneath the door and think about adding caulking where you can and those kind of things. Really think about where that heat is is losing. Put your hand by cracks and see if you feel cold air coming in. Mm -hmm. That's a great, especially on a cold day, you can tell real fast if you're having air leave when it shouldn't be leaving, right? And then it's talk about um, my next favorite thing I, I wanted to bring up is the space heater. A space heater or electric heater. Um, electric heater is a little bit safer these days than a space heater is. Um, but either one would work well. And I think you're almost better off in a lot of ways. 
Now, older places, especially here in tropical Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. are notorious for these problems, having yeah. so many gap issues, having so many heating issues. Um, and that can just be kind of a nightmare. But if you're not if you're not having the solutions you want from your landlord, the next best step is to take matters into your own hands and get yourself a space heater that you can really rely on. Um, and make sure it's the kind that if it gets knocked over, it turns off right away. Protect yep. yourself. Safety and yep, yep. feature. Yep, 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 yep. And also, you get what you pay for, so really don't skimp when it comes to safety. Make sure you get all the safety f- features on it. And then, um, you know, also electric fireplaces and bad either. They do an okay job. Don't know too much about them, but they look kind of fancy. <laughs> um, so I say go that route. Meg, you got any extra to put put in here? Um, I mean, I think just the usual stuff that you always mention as far as like, you know, the um, plastic over the windows and, you know, the little um, door sweeps that you put under your door yep. um, to catch some of that air going out. Um, but yeah, we use space heaters too in our home all the time. Yeah, I mean, we have space heaters down here in our wonderful little clubhouse, you know? <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, I, A, want to say that um, this shouldn't be a problem, right? This should, It doesn't seem like this is right. Something could be wrong with the system itself. Um, but trying to convince that of your landlord is going to yeah, be harder. You don't want to touch it, yeah, the HVAC it, system it, as a renter. It, it's almost harder to... Once the system fails, this could be a sign that the system is failing, right? It could be the sign of it. Um, you could get a technician to come in sooner and then tell them, hey, you know, um, it seems like it's running slow. Um, there's not as much air pressure coming through. Um, all of that might be a sign of, oh, okay, what's going on with the filter? What's going on with this? They, You know, they should know. I know enough about HVAC systems to... Um, be able to indicate what's going on here and there, but not enough to be able to solve the problem properly, right? Yeah. You know, I know enough to get myself in trouble, essentially. <laughs> uh, so that's where we're at with that. And I hope that helps you, Joe. And I hope you have a good rest of your new year. And next question, please. Hi, my name is River, and I'm calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I use they, them pronouns. And I have a ceiling fan and light kit question. I have an old hunter ceiling fan that's on a dimmer switch, which may or may not be graded for a fan because things are wonky in our old powder horn house. And then I have a light kit that I pulled from another ceiling fan. I want to turn the power off to the fan and attach the light kit into the fan that exists on the dimmer switch that doesn't have a light kit. Can I do that with the dimmer switch that's there or do I have to put in a whole new switch? That's my question. Thanks so much for everything you do. Bye. Well, River, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that River came in here and was just like, hey, can I cobble this one thing together and cobble this other thing together? And will anything start on fire? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Will it work? Will 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 the the dimmer switch or the switch rather work from another unit on the one that you're currently using? Possibly, but it's not one for one. The make and the model is always going to be different. Um, there's going to be different components to it. Uh, you know, maybe I want to say maybe. <laughs> hey, how about this river? You do all the work. 
Uh, <laughs> and then tell us how it goes. And you call us and you tell us if this harebrained idea works or not. Um, I will say that before the episode, I told Maggie, how about just buy a new one? <laughs> um, but if you have it in you, then I say go for it. Then you want to make sure you turn off the power, like you said, and then kind of go for it. But I will say that. Those switches are way more complicated than they should be. Mm. They're almost always, the switches are always, you're going to open it up and you're going to have a bigger problem than you would otherwise. Especially because you said, like, things are wonky in this, this home. Okay. Uh, that was, that's going to make me go, I don't know, River. <laughs> I don't know, bud. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be the ending that you wanted it to be. Um, so I would say, I would stay clear of it. To be honest, I think it's going to be a huge headache. But if you're if you're a tinkerer and you like to tinker, <laughs> tinker away. And then please update us because I'm so curious. I am so curious. <laughs> I would love to know. Tinker <laughs> until your heart's content. Um, you know, tinker and then tinkle, you know. Uh, that's how I do things. <laughs> I like to always pee as long uh, as, as uh, 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 you know, and, and, and figure things out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> God, this podcast just went off the rails. <laughs> you know, we're always just like one poop or pee joke away when you're talking to Mercury. <laughs> always one joke away. Yeah, but I think I think that's about where I'm at with that one already. I think that that's. What do you think, Maggie? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know too much about ceiling fans other than what I what you wrote <laughs> yeah. at that time, mm-hmm. um, and. I, I just don't... I've, I've never seen a dimmer switch on a ceiling fan. Oh, that's very common. Like, on the light part. Yeah. Not on, like, the ceiling fan mm-hmm. itself. They're pretty common. Oh, okay. they're pretty. They're not... They're, that's not abnormal so far for that. I will say that uh, ceiling fans are just tricky altogether. Yeah. There's a lot... There's, like, there's more wiring in there than a regular yeah. light fixture. There's just more components. There's more failure points, as we always talk about. And failure mm-hmm, points mm-hmm. really... is You know, like, how much could go wrong... Exactly enough to make you not want to do it. You know what I mean? Um, and if there's a lot of failure points along the way, I wouldn't want to do it. If we're just taking the switch out and we're just replacing a switch, you can know pretty fast. If you just open it up and you take a look, and if the wires are one for one, and if it all seems like the components are similar, like the same wiring, mm-hmm. then maybe this would work, right? Like if you open it up and you just take it out and with the power off, and you look at the wiring, and you pull up the previous switch, and you just take a look at it, you might be able to pull it off. But, River, I definitely would start there. I wouldn't, you know, you know, take your whole day to the side and just open <laughs> it up and go, today's the day. You know, that that's not the way I want to start this project. Um, and I w- I'm going to say that I solved this problem. Um, and I'm going to say that I'm three for three for today. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straight. Pretty straightforward. Um, Maggie, you're the absolute worst. All right. <laughs> let's answer another cue for everybody today. All right. We have a text message here. Hi, Mercury. Thank you for taking my question. I have a wall-mounted makeup mirror. One of the screws is getting loose, but it's just a thin piece of drywall that it's in, so I'm not sure how to secure it better. Do you have a solution that doesn't include finding a stud? I say that because the stud is in a place that would make the mirror unable to serve its purpose. Thank you for all that you do for your community. Sincerely, Sarah. And then um, they did say that the drywall uh, anchor is, it was used a drywall anchor. Oh, it used the screw dry- is, was in oh, the drywall okay, okay. already. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to make some assumptions right out of the gate and I'm going to hope that I'm right. 
I want to say that this is probably a plastic wall anchor. Mm-hmm. And that it's probably one of the ones that come with yeah. this type of light fixture. Yeah. Or the, uh, the, this type of component, rather. So I'm going to say, like, it's a gray or a yellow <laughs> or a red or a blue one. And no matter what, it's probably just one of those ones that you make a hole and you insert. And you tap it with a hammer and then you put a screw in there. Yeah. That's what I think this is. Because those will wiggle the goddamn out like no one's business. <laughs> uh, they're just like Elvis Presley in the 50s. They just wiggle themselves <laughs> through everything. <laughs> but that being said, I think what happened here is every time you move the arm back and forth, mm-hmm. every time you're doing that, it's causing that to wiggle itself. And it's just... You know, just shaking its butt like on a Tuesday night, you know, and it's having a good time. <laughs> and every time it's shaking its booty, it's wiggling itself out of the hole because yeah. it's, there's nothing for it to grab onto in the back, right? There's no teeth on those. Oh. And that is what keeps it in there is yeah. the teeth. So this is what I think you do. You don't need to find the stud. I don't think you, you're you're putting that much weight on this arm. I think when you extend the arm out, is definitely at its, like, max. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely at its most likely it could be ripped out of the wall kind of thing. But I think you take it all off the screws. You take all the screws out. You take it off. You replace the anchor. But you replace the anchor with what we were talking about earlier in the episode. And that's right. an E-Z anchor. That's a letter E, letter Z anchor. It's a metal anchor. Get yourself the metal one, not the plastic one. And you put that in there. You don't even need a, a a drill gun for that. You can do it with a with a Phillips screwdriver mm-hmm. and do some elbow grease, and then put that <laughs> screw back in there. And while we're at it, replace all the goddamn anchors you have in there. You got a whole bunch of anchors. Yeah. Replace all the anchors with those. And the thing is, that's a little bit bigger than those plastic ones, so you shouldn't have to worry about removing it. You should just put it right back in that hole. But that hole is going to be nice and tight now. And so, what do you do with the old drywall anchor that's in there? Just Punch oh, how to take wall? it out? You can take it out by using a. You can get a drill and put a bit on the drill, mm. and have the, the the bit go like, like you can drill it out just oh. by like drilling yep. it right through and just popping it through. Yep. And if you find that where you want to put the easy anchor, now that hole is too big, then you could just move it around and just patch those up with some, you know, um, a spackle would probably be big enough for that, or maybe maybe joint compound. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that. That's the route you can go. You can also just take a pliers and grab the, the, the what's left on the outside of that plastic anchor and just yank it out. Because there's nothing, there's no teeth on the side. Right. And there's nothing in the back of those that's going to prevent it from popping through the front. So you can either push it through the hole and just make it fall behind mm-hmm. the wall, which is not a big deal, or just yank it right out. Cool. Yeah. Look at that. Would you say, Maggie, I'm four for four? Four for four. Oh, my God. Mercury's going for a grand slam. She's rounding the corner. Is she going to make it to home base? I don't know, Maggie. Help uh, her. This, this one's a doozy. Let, let me read it to you. Okay. Hello there, and Happy New Year, Handy Ma'am and Maggie. Thank you for all you do. I have a question for your podcast. Yoko Ono has an art piece called Mend Piece, where she invites people to join her in mending broken items together. I have always felt it is a profound statement on the value of healing, mending, and fixing things. I always say when we don't really care about something, we throw it in the garbage when it breaks. But when we truly care about something, we mend it when it breaks. This applies to things, applies to ourselves. Um, You spend so much of your time mending things and teaching others to do so for themselves. What kind of life lessons and insights on life, etc., have you learned through your work with repair and maintenance? From Matt in Utah. 
Wow. That's a good one. Pulling out a Yoko Ono on a fucking <laughs> podcast. Well, I thought we were talking about drywall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what a beautifully worded question. Uh, well, that is a doozy, Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I have a few things here I'll say. Um, I learned very much patience from maintenance. Mm. I don't really have it. Maggie works with me. <laughs> Maggie Maggie works with me. Maybe and you knows. have more of it. Than I you will used say to. <laughs> that before I started maintenance, I had zero pa- pa- patience, and now I have ex- exactly maybe like an ounce or two of it. Uh, <laughs> Just enough. Yeah, I got a little. I got a little bit of a Powerpuff Girl. You know, there's a, a little sprinkle of of, of patience <laughs> in me. Um, but I mean, honestly, patience. I, I, I think. Not just with like things around the world, but patience with your goddamn self. Yeah, you know, like the saying that I say all the time, I think answers a lot of this question, and that's you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Yeah, I think that's a life lesson I couldn't have learned if it wasn't for um, this line of work. Mm-hmm. I also think a bigger underestimated answer to this question is probably. Um, Working with people in the hardest moments. Yeah. You know, like we talked earlier in the episode of Lumi, what, what they're going through, right? Yeah. Being a maintenance technician in those moments are the most humbling experiences of your life and your mm. career. Um, several years ago, um, we had a horrible incident that happened at one of the properties I, I worked at. And someone shot a hole mm. um, through an apartment, right? And we went, I went to the unit and I was there with the mother who was, you know, with her two children and someone shot up her home, you know, Mm. and, you know, she's scared and there's a bullet hole and through her window and, and, and how scary that is and how, how absolutely there's no words. And all I am there to do is to be a handy person, you know, like I, I'm there to fix the goddamn drywall. Yeah. And put duct tape on the window until the, 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 the vendors can come. You know, like I can't fix it, but I can stay as long as you need me to. Mm. And I can keep you company. Yeah. And I can make you feel a little bit safer. And a part of emergency maintenance was my, my favorite job was emergency maintenance. I loved mm-hmm. it. It was my favorite part of the working in property management because even though I hated the stress of never knowing when I was going to get called. When I got called, there wasn't a moment that I didn't feel like I had people's trust. There was one time I went to an elderly center that we um, ran the property of. And I came in and there was a man and his wife in the hallway who were just both panicking. And he was having a hard time breathing. Mm. He had an air tank and it had just emptied. Oh, and he had no. no air left in this tank, and he was having a hard time breathing. And he was like, I've been trying to get into my apartment. I don't know what to do. Help, you know? Yeah. And he's having a hard time breathing, and she's just frantic. She's like, I don't know what to do, you know? And I'm, like, running through the scenarios in the back of my head, like, oh, boy, I could call the police, because honestly, they should be the ones to do it. You know, like, mm-hmm. they can break down this door and get in there. And then I'm also running through, like, how long that was going to take and yeah. how he looked like... I got there as fast as I could. I got the emergency call. I got there within 15 minutes. I was really proud of myself. For I always had my go bag, and I just grabbed my go yeah. bag, and I would get in the car. I never wasted any time. I was always in my overalls. If it was during the day, my overalls and shoes were always on, 
and I would just walk right out the door because I was always in 20, 20, with 15 to 25 minutes away from any single person's home. Mm -hmm. So we got there soon, within 15 minutes. And I knew, I was running it through the back of my head that if I would call the cops, it's another five, 10 minutes on this, maybe longer. And what are they going to do? They're going to bust down this door. They're not going to do anything special, you know? So I'm weighing through it, and I'm just making the pros and cons in my head, and I have a flat bar with me. Mm. So I grab the flat bar, went into the door. I could I pick the lock? Yes, I've done. I picked the lock before for for tenants before. We don't have a mastered the 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 the, the mechanics inside the knob itself were so shot and so worn out that the the master key I have was not working. Yeah. Right, so it wasn't a matter of the not having not having a key. It was a matter of the the mechanism inside broken, mm. so it was stuck in this locked position. So. I grabbed my flat bar, peeled it back, and I just got it enough as I could. And I grabbed my flathead screwdriver and pushed it in there, right where the latch was going mm-hmm. into the strike plate. And I got the latch to go in just enough. And then I pushed it with my with my entire body, and that door flung open. Mm. And I did that in a matter of like maybe three or four minutes. And I... I like he was the relief that he had yeah, in his face, I bet. and his wife was just like crying with hat. She was so scared. Yeah, and the thing I learned about my life in that moment was I can think under pressure. Oh yeah, and that taught me a lesson about myself that I did not know mm. because in that moment I was like I made every decision I needed to. As quickly as possible. And I kept my cool. If this was me and my spouse, if me and ZZ, I don't know if I would keep my cool. (laughs) But for someone else, I was able to keep my cool. I could think clearly and I knew what to do. When I was in my field house, I knew how to solve the problem. And I think the lesson that I took away from that through this line of work was that the best way to solve a problem is not by screaming at it by rolling up your sleeves and just dealing with it because there was no way to solve that problem other than just barreling through it and trusting yourself you know um and yeah so compassion (laughs) and um trusting yourself and the last one i will say in that the one that i think that i think true to myself all the time is always be ready for the worst Mm. you know i mentioned the go bag and i always tell people you should have a go bag as a renter yeah. You know, as a homeowner, you should have a go bag. You should always have a winter stuff in your car. You should always have a blanket. You should always have a spare clothes. Always. You never know. You know, um, a few years ago, uh, one of the properties I took care of burnt down. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of the people who lived there, it was, only, it was like a duplex. And um, two people lived there. One had everything was, they didn't even have anything. They had no clothes, no nothing. Mm. Everything they owned was gone and it was heartbreaking. The other person had a go bag mm. and they had a bunch of things, money and cash in like their, 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 their backseat. So it was like, you know, a card that was only used if they could activate it and a spare phone, whatever. They had it in their car. Wow. And it, it just that notion that that person was like, you know, yeah, I mean, do I need to use these? God, I hope not. But boy, I'm happy I got them now. Yeah. And that is that also changes your life. 
because when you see someone else go through it and you see someone who went through it who wasn't ready for it, because why would you be? Right. And someone who was just ready for the absolute worst. They had two nights of clothes with them, mm. enough money to get them by, and a spare phone with some emergency food and stuff. That's enough to get you by until you can think better the next day. And when does that stuff happen? It always happens in the middle of the night. Yep. Lumi, they came home at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, jeez. Right? It was, you know, it happened at 8 p.m. So it was three hours or two hours, rather, or whatever, of this happening. You know, they come home and their neighbors are downstairs and their roofs, all their ceilings collapsed on them, you know, and most of, you know, Lumi's stuff is gone. And you don't find out about this stuff until it's too late yeah. often. And I think that's changed my life too. Being ready for the worst. It doesn't mean that uh, you're a better person or anyone else is a better person if you haven't or you have. Uh, it just means that you can protect yourself and your family. And mm-hmm. it really, there's not, thinking on your feet is hard. Yeah. And it is already so hard. Like, like I said earlier. I was able to have enough patience and confidence in myself to solve that problem for that person with the air tank, right? Mm-hmm. But they couldn't in that moment because right. there's a lot they're thinking about. It's a lot harder when it's your emergency. It's so much harder. Yeah. You know, and give yourself the patience you need to know that it's okay not knowing, but it's always easier to think ahead, having those emergency plans ahead of time. Yeah. Really change the game for you when something does go wrong and have renter's insurance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, big life lessons of the, of the episode. Yeah. Big life. Did, did I answer a good job? Very good. What about you, Maggie? Do you have any life lessons that you've learned by like proximity to me and stuff? <laughs> and just like fixing things in my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the main lesson that I've learned is, you know, I am somebody who gets very afraid easily of new things um if i've never done something before it's very scary and so one of the things that i've had to learn is to that it, it's okay to do it wrong yeah. right it's it i would rather try and fail than not try at all you know um and so that's something that i i try to remember and be give myself a little bit of grace when i'm trying something new or if i you know uh hitch myself to somebody who has harebrained ideas and <laughs> creating a business out of absolutely nothing <laughs> you know just some I wonder who crazy ideas about. on tiktok <laughs> um but you know what you, we figure it out along the way and you know it it can be scary but at the same time it's like you said you just got to trust yourself so you'll get there maggie would you say that you learned your worth the time it takes to learn this skill <laughs> <laughs> One hundred percent. Oh, look at that! Life lessons brought full circle. I hope that you all had a wonderful time listening to this week's episode of the Handyman Hotline. If you have questions, concerns, or anything you would like to ask us here, um, you can call or text us at six zero eight two zero five eight seven six eight. You got it. I did it. <laughs> I'm a grown girl. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, again, you can call 608-205-8768. And you can um, text us or call us, and hopefully we will answer your question on the next episode or future ones. Thank you so much for being here. We always appreciate you. And as always, Maggie, what should they do?
You're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill? I guess it's not so much as do. <laughs> as much That's as what it, threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should, it's not so much do, it's more like, what should you know? You're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and mix really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. It's iFixit's 20th anniversary, and to celebrate, they're offering you $20 off of a purchase of $100 or more with a promo code MERCURY20 through the end of this January. Happy fixing! So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're worth the time it takes to be you. She'll teach you how to fix your house, how to fix it by yourself. The trans handyman, Mercury Stardust. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye.